This episode is brought to you by Wellforce, offering business consulting and IT solutions for the hybrid workforce. Online at wellforce.ai. Thank you for listening to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit girlswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. Hello, and welcome to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. I am Jenny Mitchell. And I am Sarah Madras. And this is a show where you come as you are with the courage to speak up and tell a better story. And now we're done. I'm and- just kidding. <laughs> I've been wanting to do that for a year. <laughs> did it feel as good as you it anticipated did. it did. It felt amazing. <laughs> Just for the look on your face. That was totally <laughs> worth it. And on today's show, we have Susan Vernachek Berkowitz. Susan Vernachek. You handled that really well. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I know. Sometimes I have words. <laughs> Other times, not so much. But yeah, so we have Susan today. And Susan and I met through a Mutual Connection. She has this great system that I'm going to let her describe. But Susan lives in the Poconos. Yeah, Poconos so the, makes me think of the hot tubs. And, and the heart-shaped, are, yes. That are the wine glasses, yep. the champagne, and the heart-shaped tubs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because those were all the commercials that we saw when we were kids. Correct. <laughs> and you want to know something? Can I let you in on yes. a secret? Yeah. It's literally two minutes from my house. And before I lived here in the Poconos, I actually stayed in one with yep. an old boyfriend, and it was disgusting. <laughs> So do not go there. <laughs> so we That's will not go to that place of the Poconos. With so the all of no. the dreams from champagne. childhood like, of the champagne, flute, glass, whirlpool tub Tragic. <laughs> Crashing down. Dope. All right, Susan, tell us about uh, who you are and what you do. Uh, yes, first, thank you so much, ladies, for having me on. I am honored. Um, I am Susan Vernacek, your mindset and achieve expert. I have been in business for 13 years, started from a passion project at rock bottom myself, physically, emotionally, financially rock bottom back before I was married and before I had my my twin toddlers now. And I just started this business. And as you two both know, it evolves. Like when you enter something and you go all in, it just naturally grows. And that's, I'm just so blessed. I've traveled the States speaking and hosting signature workshops. And then I got this online magazine called Identity Magazine, and we empower women to transform through self-acceptance, appreciation, and personal achievement. And then now, after 13 years, I have my signature Mindset and Achieve course and coaching program, which I teach my A-game formula, and that's what I do. That's awesome. Yeah. The A-game formula. Yep. Yeah. Get all A's in the game of life. Nice. And she's starting a podcast. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's going to be called Your A-Game Podcast. So in the game of life, to get an A in everything, what are all the subjects? It starts with self-acceptance, appreciation, and personal achievement. Okay. And I discovered that because I learned how to establish patterns and actions that I was taking. And everybody always asked, how do you keep overcoming depression, suicidal thoughts, how do you overcome a miscarriage, how do you overcome your loss of your father, how do you overcome all the business obstacles. And I noticed this pattern, back injury, Bell's palsy, and it was always 
a moment of accepting what is. Mm -hmm, That mm -hmm. self-acceptance of responsibility to do the work, to be resourceful, to ask for help. And so that self-acceptance in your A-game, that's the glue to achieving everything, right? Mm -hmm. It's That's the first stage. And then the appreciation, it's that appreciation of what is and the journey, embracing, leaning in, or finding the lessons learned and the gratitude along the way so that you can enjoy the process and have such a, a more connected and direct path to achieving, right? Because we achieve every day, but how aware, how conscious, how mm-hmm. alert, how connected are we to achieving, right? And appreciation, how aware and connected are you to those to being appreciated and appreciating the good, the bad, the ugly, again, for what is, because there's always growth on the other side. Mm-hmm. But I found that those two together, when I, whenever I had resistance in life, thoughts and, and like just any type of resistance, that's because I was, I didn't have that self-acceptance. I wasn't mm-hmm. embracing what is and able to move forward. And so I find that so many of us do, we have this, we have these resistance, these limiting beliefs. I don't, I can't, I don't want to, or I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. And just layers and layers. I'm injured. I don't have time. I'm too busy. I have kids. It's really, let's just take a step back and let's like own, let's own and and claim our own responsibility because the moment you really do step into that self-acceptance, you gain all the control. You gain the power, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, totally. So totally, I can totally get on board with the self-acceptance part. That's 100% ownership and going instead of being in victimhood for sure. And you talked about the appreciation part. Let's dig into that a little bit because it's genuinely hard to appreciate the suck. And so when you're in the suck, it's hard to appreciate it because you're in pain. And so how do you, what do you want to say about that? And like, how do you help people appreciate the suck when they're smack dab in it? It's easy for us to appreciate it afterwards when we're on the other side and we're like, oh, there was the lesson. And oh, now that I look back, I can see how that was helpful. That all makes complete sense. It's just in the moment of the suck. That is where your mindset, that's the mindset flip. That's the hack is you have to learn how in the moment of the suck, you gain that control back of, okay, this sucks, but it is what it is. What can I take from this moment now that can give me that extra boost, that extra energy to break through and to move forward instead of staying in the suck and keep saying, it sucks, it sucks, it it sucks. I wish this wasn't happening. Why is this happening to me? This is happening for me. So we really have to practice that in the moment on demand mindset flip and gain that control over our and our thoughts Mm -hmm. and all that drama. And that is a practice which is so attainable. The other thing that really helped me is when I started doing this work, I read a ton of books, obviously. I try to learn all the studies and there's this one amazing study, which I'm sure I feel like you guys, you ladies have probably heard this, but the the science behind appreciation mm-hmm. is, is the, there are studies that show that when you express at least three gratitudes at any level, it's just getting into that moment, is expressing three gratitudes, three appreciations each day for 30 days, your happiness literally increases Mm -hmm. and they have a survey that you can take before and then you can take it again after 30 days and it works. 
And so when I have that knowledge, again, that gives me more power to take control in the moment of the suck and laugh about the suck, embrace the suck, lean into the suck, because I know that after the suck, I'm going, you know, after it, I'm going to be more, I'm going to have more wisdom, right? I'm going to have more strength. I'm going to have more clarity. I'm going to grow in so many ways. But we've got to be able to flip it in the moment. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does totally. And yes, there's all the science behind how gratitude and appreciation rituals completely rewire your brain. So 100%. Yeah, science, not soapbox information right there. How do you handle the balance between, because what, I don't know if you've seen this as well, but what I've seen is, and I'm a doer, and I usually don't just sit and stuff. Like, I'm like, boom, how are we going to solve the problem? Move. But I feel like there's this very important balance between when we move too fast and when we solve and do too fast that we're not actually allowing the process of honoring that emotional state and allowing we're suppressing the emotions instead of allowing them to be and be in that discomfort and surrender to the suck. And so how for you talk about the balance between, yeah, let's honor and really surrender and figure out what those hard emotions are versus getting stuck in them like quicksand or not honoring them and running through to problem solving quickly. Does that make sense? It does, but I also have a, I'm raising my hand, y'all can't see me. I have a, a caveat to that, which is what if you're not meant to be in the suck? What if you're meant to make the decision so that you don't get in the stuck? Right. Yeah. Because that's what I mean. It's that balance, right? We don't want you to get stuck, but we also don't, we want you to feel the emotion. So instead of right. being like, but can't I you feel feeling- the emotion even, can't you feel the emotion and feel the suck? Uh, can't you feel the emotion and make the decision quickly? Can't you feel the, as long as you're allowing yourself to feel the emotion, yes. So if you're feeling grief, then allowing yourself to be like, I'm identifying that as grief. I'm identifying that this is the trigger of the grief. And I'm deciding that I'm going to do this to move through the grief rather than, damn, I feel like shit and I'm numbing it with food or alcohol Mm -hmm. or shopping or TV or whatever. And I'm going to problem solve and rather than ever identifying and knowing it's grief and it's triggered by this. Mm -hmm. Okay. I am giving myself grace and self-compassion and now I'm going to make the decision to not get stuck in it Mm -hmm. and I'm going to move through it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. No, absolutely. That's exactly it. Both of you. And that's what it is. It's, It's acknowledging it. But we don't want to hang out there for days. But we right. need to know, we need to tap into the tools and have the skills to make sure that we're not hanging out in there, hanging out in that area for days. Now, there is a model that I'm trained on that has been game changer for me that I teach. And, and I'm sure you've heard this too, but just by listening to you speak is our thoughts create our feelings, create our action. And those actions will ultimately create a result, right? So, it's either going to be a good result or a bad result, but they all literally stem from our thoughts. Now, in that moment of grief and acknowledging the grief and owning the grief and, and discovering what the trigger of that grief was, you, you honor it and you, you think about it and you think about what the thoughts are going on in your head. And if you learn, when you learn this model, like sometimes on a piece of paper, I'm writing down my T-F-A-R, thoughts, feeling, action, results. 
So if I'm in the thought of this sucks, right? This sucks. Why is this happening to me? I'm so depressed. I can't believe this is happening to me. What are those feelings naturally, right? Like horrible, not fun. Let me crawl into a, a bed. And that's what my mm-hmm. action is going to be. I'm going to crawl into a hole and not do anything about it, which then my result is that the same day, one day, two day, three, I'm in a hole, not doing anything about it versus I'm at my thoughts. Here's my original thought. This sucks. I'm honoring it. Okay. This is the trigger going through all that, but then rewriting this model is what's the result or what are the, what's the action I want to take here? How do I want to overcome this? Or what do I want to do? What do I need to feel to have that action? And what, what do I need to think to have that feel? So it's literally processing in your mind, flipping your thought to create a better, more inspiring, supportive feeling that's going to give you, help you to take a more inspired, supportive action, which will get you to a better result. And this is, people think that we just, like these leaders and everybody like are like this, going through their day and achieving and overcoming fear and overcoming grief and getting out of the suck like quick. But we've just mastered this inner dialogue and this inner thought drama to be able to flip it, right? Process, acknowledge, but change the story. And that takes practice. But I absolutely agree with, we're going to feel it. We don't want to push it under. Right. You want to learn and establish all the different feelings and you want to learn and own the triggers because when you catch patterns of these triggers, then you can catch the triggers and you can minimize the triggers. And I've learned that through again, I used to, I started my journey started with therapy because I was always thinking about suicide and, and then I overcame that. And then my financial rock bottom, my physical rock, everything was rock bottom. And it just took paying attention, doing the work finding the triggers, feeling the emotions, and then we can overcome, we can beat the triggers, right? Like just not hanging out with people who trigger me. I've gotten rid of people in my life who were bad triggers because they weren't supportive or they were drinking too much alcohol or they were doing drugs and they, it was a trigger. So I have to remove the trigger. And so it's a game. That's why it's called, I call it the game of life. And there's no final destination. It's always accepting the responsibility to be resourceful, make the effort, ask the questions, get the help, process, and master your mind. Like that is it. It's like this amazing mind game that we have so much power over. One of the things that I think is really interesting about what you said was that you were wrestling with these things and you sought help, but, and correct me if I'm wrong, at the time you had what most people would have considered to be an envious job, right? Like you were traveling the world and doing some fucking amazing thing. Yeah. I'm like, what? I have no idea. You have to go into that so, for me. You got to give me see, more I, lay, so, I, I just lo- I yeah, opened yeah. that door right there so that everybody like, yes. could know. Like she, yeah. I need yeah. to hear about this. So yeah, when I graduated college, I had a job. I had a job. They went under business. They went out of business. So then my girlfriend and I decided to go to London and travel the world for the summer of 2004. So we bought round trip tickets. We went to London. We lived in a hostel for two weeks trying to find a job. And at then, I'm really good friends with him now. We lied to the bar owner and we said that we knew how to bartend. And he hired us mainly because he liked Americans and our accent. So we got this job bartending. We lived above the bar. And I went, I traveled, went to South Africa, Dubai, France. It was phenomenal. Okay. It was great. And then I had to come back because of responsibility. 
And because then I, my, my mind was trained. I have to go back and get a real job and pay my bills. And I remember I came back, I was 65 pounds heavier because I drank and ate Subway at 11 o'clock every night. And I lived above the bar. So that means I had a restaurant that was my next to my bedroom and we ate all night long. So I came back home and then I had a head owner that found me a job as a graphic designer um, for a medical company. And it was like, it's hard. It was just a hard change. And, but I was making good money. I was only like 25, 26 years old. I was living rent free at my mom's even, but I was in a lot of debt. I was a lot of debt. I was 65 pounds heavier. I was very depressed because I didn't really have any friends. I really wanted to stay in London and I was throwing myself this pity party. And this is when it really started when I was sitting at my desk as, this, at this, as a graphic designer and I was going through that, like all that inner woe is me victim in my desk. And I was like tantruming. And I remember saying, whoa, catching myself, whoa, you just lived an amazing life. <laughs> Who gets to do what you just did? And every choice that I made is why I am where I am today. I'm 65 pounds heavier because I made the decision not to work out. I made the decision to drink. I made the decision to eat Subway at 11 o'clock. I'm in debt because I charged South Africa and I charged Dubai, but I got to go to South Africa and Dubai. And now I'm living rent free. So like I had this moment of it just woke me up. And that's when I started to make the change. I started to seek for a therapist. I joined the gym. I got up at five o'clock in the morning. I started going to the gym before my job. And then I started a passion project, which was Identity Magazine to release and share my personal stories because what, 13 years ago, digital space wasn't what it is today. And then it just evolved. I just started to do the work and wake up. And I left that job after five years to full-time entrepreneur. And evolved and evolved. And I traveled the state speaking. And, and here we are today, three books, the magazine, and my coaching practice. And I manage, like, I don't have my anger issues anymore. I don't numb myself with food anymore. I don't numb myself with booze anymore. I can communicate so much better. I haven't thought about suicide in God knows like seven, eight years. And it feels amazing to have this type of control all because I simplified my thought process for me was, accept responsibility, appreciate. And now I even more appreciate life. Just saying yes to the day, waking up, I, I'm grateful. And I'm just able to achieve. And I love achieving. Who doesn't love to achieve things? It just gives me, it gives, it energizes me. And it's just a cycle in my life. And it's the cycle within my day of acceptance, appreciation, and, and achieving. And it's not easy. It's not always easy. I have bad days and low days and good days and crazy days and sad days. But I've got the tools and the hacks to help get me out quicker than right. when I was in the past, I would just go to the bar or I would go find a guy or I would go to the kitchen and eat a bag of Oreos or something. <laughs> and now I can process. Wellforce, offering business consulting and IT solutions for your hybrid workforce. Do you need business process evaluations and solutions to streamline your workflows? A technology assessment, including security and managed services to optimize performance, or solutions to create a seamless hybrid workplace experience. If that's you, Wellforce has a growing team of affiliates to support your organization's move to hybrid. Visit wellforce.ai today. It's about looking at where it is in your brain that is 
that you're not feeling fulfilled, that you're not feeling happy where you're honestly, what I'm hearing her say is that radical responsibility, radical mm. personal responsibility. And it's something that we say in our house all the time where this is how I say it, but it's going to, I'm going to get judgment for it, but whatever. But we go, I'm like, own your shit. Just own oh, your yeah, shit. No, I love that. We have no judgment. Yeah. For <laughs> yeah. And so I'll even oh say, my God though. But I have a funny story about that. When my kids make a mistake and they're, cause kids natural reflex mm-hmm. is to blame somebody else who did. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, or say that they're stupid. Just own they, your yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. Just own your shit. Apologize for it. Learn yeah. from it and move the hell on. So I was like, none of this passing responsibility no. on to did this for, I don't care. Yeah. And Sarah, Own your role. Yeah. So Sarah and I have households where we have grown up words and not grown up words. And if you're not a grown up, you can't say the words. Which is why my kids are counting down. My my six year old says, I can't wait to be 18 so I can say that word. Oh, and so I'm we don't like, even say 18. Oh my God. The fact that's what you're excited about no, we don't even makes say me 18. feel like I'm doing something wrong. We just say that we just say that <laughs> like when you're old enough to actually use it appropriately and use it like meaningfully and appropriately then we'll teach you how to use it oh my but until then we don't tell them that they can (laughs) we don't clue them into that we just say nope not a grown-up you're not a grown you can't say that word anyway but all right so funny story about the grown-up words real quick and then we'll get back to this (laughs) we were we were at a friend's house over the weekend and they have a, a teenage daughter who sometimes likes to push the envelope and to the teetering of like when the stuff that she does with the younger kids is inappropriate, like teaching uh, my daughter to walk out of the bed, her bedroom and say, fuck. Right. At the top of her lungs. <laughs> and all right. So it was like, I come down, mommy teaching Samantha the F word. And we were like, which F word <laughs> is it? Is it fudge? Is it flip? Is it frick? Is it freak? Is it, or he's like, no, the big one. I'm like, okay. Big mama jamma. (laughs) So her dad goes to address that with her, the teenager's dad, not Scott with with Samantha. So the other morning, Nicholas was saying something in the bed and I said, wait, was that what you guys were were saying the other night? And Samantha comes walking out of the kitchen going, no, she taught me fuck. At like seven o'clock in the how morning. How do you not laugh too? Like how do you right. keep a straight right. face in those moments? We yeah. didn't. Scott and I looked at each other <laughs> and we were just like, yep. And Nicholas, but Nicholas was the one. He was like, no, Samantha, that's a grown up word. We don't say that. That's good. We can't say that yet. That's good. And oh I'm, my gosh. Oh my God. It was so fantastic. But so, I love, I love that you said that though. I own your shit because that's, the, you know, something that I'm teaching. I have six year old twins. So you have a six year old and they might not. Under, they probably don't understand when I tell them this, but I'm constantly repeating myself. Your choices, it's your choices. You mm-hmm. are making the choice. You have mm-hmm. control over all the choices. So mm-hmm. this choice, I'm giving you one or two. And I just keep repeating it and repeating it so they understand that their choices will impact everything. And it's, there's no right or wrong. Make the choice, make the decision and go with it. And you're just going to adapt and figure it out along the way. But we weren't really taught that when I was growing up. And I just think that's going to be a powerful tool for them to own their shit and take responsibility because I find now my husband's a college soccer coach. A lot of the kids aren't taking responsibility no, for anything. No, these no days. they're and not. That's the, we're missing that. Yes. It's a big, it's a well, big Because their parents yeah. are like, it's the whole thing with the college of like parents filling out their college apps and getting them. And, and I, that so that is not how I was no. raised, but I know many people who that is 
even to the point where they were in college and if their car needed repairs, they would be like calling their parents and being like, oh, something's wrong with my car. And then the parents would handle all of that. And I just was like, no, there's a a whole generation of 30 year olds who don't talk on the phone. And they're not that much younger than us. Literally a generation of 30 year olds that don't talk on the phone because they don't know how to talk on the phone. And I don't, my parents totally handled a lot of stuff for me, which, or I I would ask them, Mm -hmm. like, what do I do about this? So you bring up the mechanic thing. I would call my brother-in-law who is a mechanic and say, here, talk to them because I don't know what it is that they're saying to me. And I don't want to know. I don't want to learn And to me, that's very different. (laughs) Because you were in there, you were getting support and advice so that you could make better right, no, educated they do decisions. For that's the difference of, to me, that's smart. Like yeah. you bring in the supports, you get more educated about it so that you can make better decisions moving forward. But having people do for you is where you lose that radical personal mm-hmm. responsibility. And I'm all about radical personal responsibility. My I husband will say, the thing I learned about you from dating is I would be like, life is about choices. Life is about choices. Mm-hmm. And you own those choices because you're making them. Yeah. You know? yeah. And we say that too. I love that. I love that. Back in college, I my last year, senior year, second semester, first night back. And we went, I went to school in West Virginia, pretty much. So it was like mountain snowy and all this stuff. We all went out to the bars and my car was parked right outside the entry of the bar, which was stupid. I don't ever recommend that to anybody because it's like in your face. Oh, let me just drive home. I drove home and I got pulled over and I got arrested. And I, re- and I was on, oh, no, that wasn't my senior year. That was my freshman. I had two b- bad incidents in college, but this year I got arrested. This time I got arrested. And I was like, oh my gosh, I got to take responsibility. So I found my lawyer. I did all the work. I signed up for the classes. I had everything ready for court, all that stuff in order before I even told my parents. And that way, when I went to my mom, I was like, okay, this is what I did. Don't be mad. I already t- I'm handling everything. I'm taking responsibility. I know it was so stupid. I learned my lesson. Everything's set up. I got the lawyer, got my court day. I'm already on my, I got my classes set up. They start the da da everything. And she was like, all right, good job. Yes. I have so much respect for that. That is like mad. Yes. Yeah. Mad so much respect for the, that. The kids don't say that anymore yeah. though. <laughs> I was going to say, as the kids say, mad props for that, but they don't say that anymore. Because <laughs> that's the thing. Like, we can. We're going to make mistakes. It's a matter of what you do with those mistakes. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, yeah. yeah, no, we have the same running theme in our house too, which is part of the reason why Sarah and I get along so well is that, and we know that when we are together with, with each other's kids around or whatever, that we both will equally yell at our own kids as much as the others. <laughs> like if they're doing something wrong, we not yell. We'll take corrective action as needed is what I, as I think the better way, because we see this all the time. Like we saw this in our social work mm-hmm. lives of, I think that there's a difference between feeling overwhelmed and not knowing how to ask for help versus like taking zero responsibility. Cause there were times when I would have patients, family members come to me and just be like, here, you're going to take care of this and be like, Let's have a conversation and yes. we would talk about here are the resources that you can use to accomplish your goal versus the ones that are like, what do you mean? You don't take care of that for me. Yeah, totally. Cause that's doing a disservice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I do yeah. think there's a distinction that you have to have that conversation, not just with other people, but with yourself and say, are you just overwhelmed and you need a right. hand? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, and it's so funny because yeah. the flip side of that. So even as a leader, If my team makes a mistake, at the end of the day, that still falls on me. 
because I hired that team, I trained that team, and so I need to take responsibility for that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I need to take responsibility for their mistake. Somewhere along the way, they didn't know to come to me for help or whatever, so I need to take action and fix that. But if somebody is trying to put some mess on me that is not like a cop is trying to pull me over and being like, you did such and such, and I did not, I will not own any of that right. mess. Right. I will go down fighting because yeah. I'm like, uh-uh, that is a lie, and you're not putting that on me. And like going back to that conversation about triggers, that's a huge trigger for me. And conflict and resolving conflict is hard for me emotionally. And we don't have to dig into that today, but <laughs> I'm just going to say I'm putting it out there. Sarah, don't try to go there. But it what like it's doing that. It's doing the things in spite of the trigger feeling, right? So it's not doing the action that you're triggered to do as in a poor coping mechanism, right? right. Like not using a vice as a crutch or whatever, but it's actually looking at it from the perspective of I feel a trigger and it causes this emotion and I'm going to do the I don't want to say the right thing because I don't want to value laden it, but I'm going to do the appropriate I'm going to have the appropriate response in spite of the emotions. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Love mm-hmm. that. That's mm-hmm. an integrity. That's being an integrity. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I'm just, not everybody knows that. Right. Yeah. I'm just making it more plain language. Yeah. So y'all know that's being an integrity. And it takes a tremendous <laughs> amount of courage to do those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it takes a cr- tremendous amount of courage to show up when you're triggered. It takes a tremendous amount of courage to have hard conversations when you don't enjoy conflict. Just mm-hmm. because I, people think that just because I can handle conflict well. hmm and I won't avoid it, that I like it. I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. I'll do it because it's there and it needs to be done. And I mm-hmm. would rather live in truth and live in clarity mm-hmm. than live in, in in assumptions and stories and make-believe. But I don't think anybody's like, woohoo! I want to have these hard conversations <laughs> and be in conflict all the time with people. No. I got to tell you, that is my latest overcome and win because in the past few years I've been really working on minimizing like gossip and not being around gossip. I I don't want to be involved in any drama. I'm trying to control and remove all the drama in my life. And I want to be loving, respectful, have honest conversations. And if there is an issue, we're adults. We just have the, we have the communication. And a few times what I've been overcoming the last few years, and it's crazy because I'm 40 years old, you think it would be easy. But for me, it wasn't, was when I'm in the presence of somebody gossiping or about to gossip, it's, I don't want to get, I don't want to have this conversation. Let's change the, change the conversation. And I've done that. And it's felt so empowering to be able to own that and not be in the room or have a gossiping conversation because really it doesn't serve anybody, even, especially the person who's not there, but it doesn't even serve us. Like, what does this do for our mind, brain, well, it's a way to hotwire connection. Yeah. yeah. People yeah. gossip as a way to hotwire connection. Yeah. And it's just a way of breaking trust. And so I love that you say that. Here's one if you want to use this, if it feels more comfortable for you. You just go, that's not my story to hear. Ooh, hey, I that's not that. your story yes. to tell. And that's not my story to hear. So let's talk about something else. Love it. How has, been, how has the yes. response been when you have employed those? <laughs> I was just thinking, say that to somebody. Too. I no, <laughs> yeah. they stop. Yeah. Because what are they going to say? It really is. It's a boundary. It's, hey, that's not my story to hear. Boom. Boundary done. What are they like? 
Yeah, it is. Yep. Listen again. Well, like- I mean, but think about it. So like, let's go, let's, let's take a, a hot minute and just look at this. It used to be information stories about other people was currency, right? Like right. people would go travel from town to town. They'd go take their wares to wherever. And that information was currency. That's how, that's how news traveled. Whether or not it was truth mm-hmm. was never questioned. And it wasn't until we had more of a more vehicles to examine what was true and what wasn't that some of that really just felt off. So like you would hear something, you'd be like, that's not what I heard or that's Mm -hmm. not. So you could then and it didn't because before it didn't matter. It was if it was said, it was considered truth. And now and and everybody's questioning everything that's said. But I think it's a very again, back following in in the line of being in integrity to be able to say, I'd rather hear that from the source. Right. And that's what she's saying. And yeah. Susan, it sounds like too that you're saying it's so liberating because you're not, you're no longer a part of that. You're, it's not to get all like woo, but Let's get woo. you're vibrating get at a higher here. level. You're and staying that, in that higher yeah. level vibration. Mm-hmm. Whereas that, that gossiping and trying to hotwire a false connection, mm-hmm. that's a low vibration place mm-hmm. to be. And you're just like, nah. I, I enjoy life. Like it, it's, it smells better up here. It feels yes. better up here. That's exactly the word. It's you. F- and when you're in the moment of overcoming something that's been a challenge for you, it, it is that you feel elevated and mm-hmm. that it is a whole new level of vibration. And internally, I'm like, I'm so proud of myself. And you're patting yeah, yourself right. on the back and, yeah. you know, it feels good. And then, and, and that's the practice. And then it gets easier every time. It, it's only happened three Lord. times. Yeah, right. that's the reward that reinforces the cycle of I'm going to mm. do that again because I like the way that felt and I want to yes. feel good like that again. Yeah. And then it also reinforces to you maybe who you have those conversations because if they don't respect yeah. you, if they don't honor your position mm-hmm. of wanting to not have conversations about the other people's stories, then then you get like the toxic flag waving above their head and you're like, oh, I'm just going to send you off. They'll fall away because you're not participating in it. Mm -hmm. And so then they don't know how else to connect with you. So then they'll just fall away. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. Hey, Susan, how can all of our listeners find you? Everybody can find me at SusanVernacek.com. That's where everything is connected. SusanVernacek.com. Awesome. And we will put that in the post on social media and on the website. And thank you so much for being here today, Susan. We've really appreciated you. Connect with us at girlswhodostuff.com. Subscribe to our email list for fun announcements and leave us a review. It helps other people find our stuff. We would be so grateful to you for taking those actions so we can get this out into the world and change more lives. I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. And and you you do you, you, boo. We love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing to this podcast and follow us on social media.